0: Hey everybody, Michael Swaim here, and I'm doing it. I'm calling you to action. I am sincerely asking that if you're able, you'll check us out over at Patreon.com/smallbeans, where if you upgrade to being a five dollar a month or more patron, you get access to twice as many pods like Star Trek: The Next Futurama, Spielboys, Director Piece Theater, and One Upsmanship, and even more great stuff. So hey, come on in. The waters, beans. Patreon.com/smallbeans. Oh yeah. come on morty we're talking about napoleon <laughs> it's michael swain and abe epperson rating frames on the show we call frame rate i still like that i still like that pun abe that me that's how you know it's a good pod.
1: <laughs> yeah dude it stands the test of time we're that very smart guys. Legs. we're really legs. smart Gosh,
0: gosh. gosh. Likers and such. All right, I'll stop doing it. But I do remember a period where this was um, much more abbreviated than the Austin Powers or the Borat, but we had a moment where we yeah, were all quoting sure. Napoleon Dynamite or doing the character. You know what? Yeah.
1: Same year as Anchorman, so Ooh. it kind of got...
0: yeah. And 70% of, of the time, you quote that also, team, of the Also,
2: Team America. And team
0: America. Team
2: America also. I saw Team America and uh napoleon dynamite in a in the same afternoon that's
0: not a bad run i remember overwhelming honestly i did
2: not expect it to be like we we did team america and that was like so funny and we're like let's go watch this weird one we didn't know about and then we were just like uh, by the end, it was like you know, when you're young and you just have so much fun that you're like, Oh, my head hurts. What is happening? Why is my head I need to lie down? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was so For real.
1: Well, that voice you just heard, introduce yourself, sir. My name Our is guest.
2: Humpty, pronounced with an umpty. Um, there we go, baby. Billy Wayne Davis. Sorry, I didn't understand what was happening and if that was the intro or like you were doing. We're real,
1: the, we're fast and loose over here, man. Like, we've done it. 86 different ways so i wouldn't even worry about it and i got excited but...
2: when you were like you were like honest that there wasn't a <laughs> it wasn't a long you got to like do the the the, the lines in that one because anchorman and then i was like team america was i saw that in the same day so i got excited
0: yeah i'm um, just to be fully transparent i my internet completely went out again and then came back Oh, no, uh, weird. So I'm having a hard, hard time. but i I bet that whatever happened, it happened with a plum and grace, and that it was smooth as shit. And it on was smooth. Format. Great. We didn't even notice, dude. So with that ticking clock and added drama, let's do yeah in. We, I don't
2: think we would have noticed <laughs> at all if you would have said good, 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 good. it good, good,
0: good. Um, well, so I'm glad I drew attention to it. Um, But that's fitting because a lot of this movie is about drawing attention to things that you normally ignore or gloss over, right? As so much of Mumblecore is, and I think this is arguably under that umbrella if you widen it enough. Um, But let's kick the conversation off as we usually do by asking Billy Wayne, uh, what's your, I mean, you already told us you saw it against Team America, but unless I missed it, um, you only implied that you think Napoleon Dynamite's good. What's your, like, relationship to this movie? uh have you always liked it since way back when uh had you not watched it for over a decade like me and what was it like watching it this time
2: i still like it um because it like you said it's like that it was it it was a nice compliment now that i'm an actual comedian and i'm not a college student on just having a fucking saturday <laughs> is is now that you look I like I understand what it was compared to Team America it was like a wonderful kind of compliment and and then <laughs> there's a rhythm to it that's odd that I still really love uh and then the performances are just I don't know they're fucking they're special it was just like it's like you watch something and you're like this is This is a special little thing that they've done, that they've captured this thing of everybody's kind of knocking it out of the park and they've casted the right people. And then it found the right beats. And then, like, your mom goes to college. That's just... (laughs) That, no, it's like one, it's like, it's kind of like The Office in a way where that's, it's rewatchable and you're still gonna laugh because there's like this kind of like rhythm to it and then even when you know that line's coming you're like it's so dumb it's so dumb and wonderful and really
0: yeah that line moment this time reminded me of the rushmore moment where bill murray reaches back and hits his kid it had like the same charm to it and i think this movie um like for me resonated with a lot of stuff we've covered we covered uh this movie that i think is even even less like it's trying to make a movie out of even less which is called the happy poet and if you listen to that episode we were like very <laughs> underwhelmed but i think there's like there's such a fine art to something like this um i count king of the hill in there yes. and i even count like something like uh, evening with beverly Laughlin or like greasy strangler which is different it's different but these movies that are like a weirdo doing a close look with affection At their little weird corner of experience or interest. And in this case, it feels like a regional kind of childhood that I didn't have, right? I grew up in Southern California. That's a specific experience. Apparently growing up in Idaho is a specific experience because Napoleon Dynamite sure makes it seem very specific, like uh, these tropes, Uh, even though it's like watching something where you go... I don't know if that's a trope, a real trope in Idaho, like that all they eat is tortillas and cheese. That's all they eat, um, but it feels real. It feels like that could be true. It's almost like watching uh, "Raising Arizona" and then realizing, wait, people in Arizona don't have Southern accents. Right.
2: <laughs> this movie is
0: not accurate, but it no feels an accurate. Arizona. Yeah, I think <sighs> yeah, it's I,
2: a, I think it's that's interesting because I did relate to a lot of the like underlying oddness is what it's like to grow up in a rural area more than Idaho specific is like, I knew people that had weird animals, you know, or one. And then, you know, their grandma did, you know, went to, not to the dunes, but was (laughs) like, but like rode, you know, it was like, they drove open wheel modified race cars, that kind of stuff where it was like, And then they would be left to their own devices like that. It was like, all of that is like more, I now that I'd never thought of it like that, but that I think that's part of what they nailed. And part of that weird rhythm is this slow kind of, that's what life is like Mm -hmm. in a rural, smaller place where you like, you gotta like, Tag along behind somebody's on a bicycle, like that's how you're gonna get somewhere because you know, yeah. All that is like it was odd and relatable. Which is Yeah,
0: and actually now that I mention it, I did go to high school in a rural Southern California town where the mayor was a llama and there was a lot of ATVs and there was a dirt racetrack that everyone fucked around on. So yeah, some of that stuff definitely I think is is rural versus city life regardless. But I guess my point is I know for a fact that Idahoans don't talk like the characters in this movie. And that's why I compared it to something like Greasy Strangler because it imposes its own rhythm that, is, that you're not allowed to vary from. And it's repeatedly it's... like throwing stuff away and making it small, right? Like a classic Napoleon Dynamite joke is the, the guy uh, Dequan on the dance tape going, Are you ready to get your groove on?
1: And Napoleon saying yes <laughs> like that's yeah. that's right.
0: the humor of this that's in a nutshell the speed.
1: to me but like to me that's just a dysfunctional speed it's like the whole point is that they're just not meshing and that lack of mesh creates its own rhythm i don't think it's like greasy strangler at all i think it's <laughs> wes anderson but it's like high school version of wes anderson where it's a little dumber uh,
0: I mean, in the level of abstraction of the <laughs> dialogue and performance, Do You mean like if, like, a. We
2: can move on. <laughs> yeah. if like Beavis and Butthead did a Wes Anderson movie, kind of.
0: Yeah, exactly. Or I feel like it's <laughs> if SNL alums did a Wes Anderson movie in a way because Napoleon and Pedro both feel like fully developed Wayne's World style characters that I could have seen in sketches and are now fueling a movie. In fact, something I noticed this time is how episodic it was. Like it could have easily been a short TV show also, or like a streaming series if it came out They tried to do
1: that in 2012, did not last long. Did it come out as a show, really? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. And it like, I mean, I don't, I didn't watch it, so I don't know (laughs) if it's (laughs) quality or not, if that's the reason, but they tried. They tried really hard. In 2007, they tried to make, they made a PSP video game. (laughs) Called Napoleon <laughs> That's no, too much. Really? That's well, that yeah. seemed too far. I've seen the video game I've seen like the gameplay You can find it on YouTube It's stupid Is it you, like, a side scroller Jump around like, It's a what bunch is of it? stuff Like okay. it's a dance game For a section And then like of You course. have to feed Tina And avoid Rico oh, you know? So it's like, just a it, cash in You throw yeah. a football <laughs> yes, And you try to And it's like Angry Birds It's like they, Yeah it's just cash in Although I, anyway, I
0: did want to mention One more video game I didn't think we'd get to it So quickly But if people out there Like Metroidvanias There's a really weird one Called Super Daryl Deluxe <laughs> That's based on Napoleon Dynamite. So it's a Napoleon Dynamite uh, Metroidvania, hand illustrated in the style of Napoleon's art, and it's pretty good. Not I mean, I not think, made by the people though, you know, a knockoff.
1: No way. I think the reason all this <laughs> stuff happened though is that this movie, so just for perspective about like how popular this movie got, like just domestic, uh it earned like forty six million dollars. It was made on like a four hundred dollar budget. Yeah and that is not that doesn't count marketing that doesn't count like they had some reshoots and like they added an epilogue and they And they got the boost like the right cuz they
0: screened it places and MTV picked it up so then they had and corporate backing
1: they spent 3 million on marketing which is like nothing uh, but not like for a company like that. Not I was gonna not. say no, um, right. Viacom. <laughs> then,
2: Viacom, like three million dollars is still like we, not... we just like we found some money in an office. We forgot <laughs> yeah, about. <laughs> we forgot about yeah. This money. So.
1: And uh, forty six million. It's like yeah. It's not. It's not crazy. It doesn't it? Didn't earn them Ooh, an, an insane I'd be amount happy of money if I invested but in that the, shit. Uh, yeah. Like I mean, like if you want to really talk about like that kind of stuff, it's like paranoid or what is it called? a paranormal activity but it's the same idea right right? it's just that it's cost nothing to make and now it's in the zeitgeist and everyone's quoting it and And that led to
0: nacho libre and then sort of Mm -hmm. it seems like jared Hess has struggled after that i just realized that exact joke is in the movie twice by going through my notes because there's also ponytail girl whose name (laughs) slips my mind says are you guys having a killer time and he says yes and then they all stand there motionless which I love as well. <laughs> Having
1: a killer time. So, yeah. the,
2: so headers, th- that dude's from, those dudes are from like Utah, right?
1: I think they're, uh, I think maybe, I think they are.
2: Because like, I, from, I think I thought the story is Idaho. like, didn't they get it into Sundance? And that's where the money, yeah. that's where the money was like, oh, that hey, is correct. This is,
1: that they definitely helped. shot sure. in Idaho.
0: Yeah. Um, the only trivia I know is that, Elvis Costello, one of my favorite guys, real name Declan McManus, His original <laughs> stage name was Napoleon Dynamite, and Jared Hess claims that he do- didn't know that, and it's a coincidence, which I find <laughs> highly suspicious. Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, I had no oh, idea. I, I had no idea.
1: That, yeah, yeah. He's
0: uh, Elvis's credit as Napoleon Dynamite on a couple albums with the uh, Imposters.
1: I know why you thought they were Utah because they met at uh, BYU. There we go.
2: There we go. Um,
1: but he's the filmmakers from Nebraska.
2: Or. Uh... Yeah, speaking of middle of nowhere. Well, it's got weird that Midwest rit- stank. Yeah. Weird rhythm. Yep. And mm-hmm. kind of dry, cold. Mm hmm. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep.
0: yeah so I got to ask Abe then, because Abe. Shat on the happy poet pretty pretty voluminously, yeah. and tends to not like throwing like comedy that throws itself away or And you don't like Wes Anderson that much. Um, did it's you ever fine. like this? Do you like it now? What's your uh, thought? I'm with you I on Wes like, Anderson.
2: I, I think he's fine. Hell yeah. Yeah. I was like fine. it does it. I'm not like, okay. I'm always like, oh, And I get kinda part. tired of Ooh,
0: it. Asteroid City bored the shit out of me. Well, it does I haven't seen it.
2: it. It feels like a setup punch comedian where you're like, All right, man, twenty, maybe thirty if you're a dynamic person. But after that I'm I I got it. I got it.
1: Yeah. I was when I watched this in two thousand four I definitely saw it in the theaters. Uh, I I hated it. Uh, it was that was, but that was peak. Abe had like an accent to grind. You know, <laughs> like I was a real motherfucker who really hated all things twee, and uh, I still don't like twee. But you're more but, like, open for sure. It's like when like you got that friend who's like. Goes through like is an agnostic, but like you know, that they had in college or high school, they were like militant atheists <laughs> or Zimbrowski, just, like,
0: our friend who was constantly trying to push ska on us and explain all the waves of ska, yeah.
1: <laughs> right? Sure, yeah. And uh, so I was definitely, I, I hated that everyone quoted it, that's really what bothered me sure. I think, the most because I'm a contrarian. And now that I realize that that's not really the way you should see the world, I'm fine with it, <laughs> like, uh-huh. this is all fine uh in fact i i can find myself laughing at uh, a lot of this stuff it's just like not my cup of tea in terms of like the story i actually like the reason i think this is much in a different class than like a greasy strangler or like um you know something that's anti-comedy is that i find that this is they're doing bits you're laughing at people who are specifically doing a thing and there's plot the plot is very simple but it's like I am beat up at school, and then by the end, he's, you know, the toast of the school. You know, he finds friends, they, you know, they they all kind of intertwine, and they have their struggles, yeah. but they become stronger together, and, like, it's a basic format. And the
0: endearing stuff is truly endearing. Like, the fact that he, who gets shot on all the time, immediately, without question, befriends the new kid, that is genuinely, t- I thought that remained touching. Like, their friendship is yeah. touching. Exactly, and I'm not here so, to constantly relitigate Greasy Strangler, but it does have a plot. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, <laughs> you decroated piece of crap. Go ahead, Billy.
2: <laughs> there's something also, and I think it's rural and small town, but also what resonates across is like you're stuck with your family. You it doesn't it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter who they are. Like there's this period of time where these are the people you're stuck with so this is what you have to work with mm-hmm. yeah. and then people are swinging and missing and then Uncle Rico is like an all time like as far as like like just character type he's right. like just perfect And he's well like- I know
0: it must be true because it's Hank Hill also has the same arc right the high school football game that you can't let go of
2: but in a way that Hank Hill has moved on to... He's not throwing himself... <laughs> to propane
0: or whatever. Yeah, yeah he's sure. moved
2: on to, like, Hank... Like, that is a small town where you're like... They just relive that peak era of their athleticism. Right. But Rico can't... He's still it. He's still, like... The line, I bet I can throw this football over those mountains. Over the mountain. <laughs> Is one of the funniest. And it shouldn't That's like. really good. To see that line on paper, you'd be like, I don't know about this. This is like a ridiculous fucking thing. And then to see that dude deliver it is just like, yeah, no, it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Because I've talked to people about this movie actually <clears throat> before. And my thought is because. I was like, when they said that line, did someone specific? And they are like, yes, someone specific popped in my head. I was like, and to this day, that person still pops. And I'm not going to say their name, but it is. Yeah. It is shocking where it's like. Uh, similarity. Just that line is perfect. There's some perfect <clears throat> yeah. moments. John
1: Grise who is the name of the actor, and he has some really good impulses. I One of the things that I we'll always laugh at is his performance every now and then of Napoleon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Napoleon. I wish you wouldn't look like that of me, Napoleon. <laughs> yeah, I wish you'd get out of my life, life and Napoleon. shut up.
0: Uh, I, uh, yeah. So I, just cause I remember it vividly, which is so rare about movies. I saw that long ago and I will say I quickly had the opinion a had. I think because everyone quoted it. And I also had that, media chip on my shoulder. After a few weeks I was like, I hate that shit. It's overplayed, it's overhyped. But I remember walking out of it and so vividly thinking, that was really really good. And uh I think it's also vivid because I ate a ton of bucca de beppo and it, and wandered around and it was so hot I threw it up in a bush. But I was like, Hell that yeah. movie was good. <laughs> and um I will never forget how hard I like laughed till crying in the theater when Kip tries to prove the Tupperware is strong by running over it and it cracks and he just drives away. That he one just that away. slayed me,
1: dude. <laughs> Dang it. Dang and then it. He drives yeah. away. Yeah. Another all-time moment for me is like a, <laughs> like a super supporting role. Like the the boyfriend of Summer. I think your oh, name's Summer. Oh,
0: all the bullies who are obviously 30 bull- in like, like a Pen15 yeah. way. Yeah.
1: yeah, he's got like the spiky blonde hair. They have a thing where he like during the right before the dance during her skit like she points out him in particular and it cuts to reaction shot where he does this thing with his body where he's like oh yeah baby (laughs) that's my girlfriend she's proud (laughs) that's my girlfriend you're so hot (laughs) and it's it's yeah it's during the Backstreet Boys performance it is if you watch this movie it's literally to me it's literally the funniest shot in the movie I don't know I also have a thing for just Shots of random well yeah, Hamlet 2, which I hope. We Hamlet 2 will we'll save me. it for that episode. But mm-hmm. um I gotta
0: ask if you know what got reshot, because it also occurs to me that maybe the Diedrich Bader stuff, because it's like one concrete scene and then a I don't know.
1: Uh, I don't think I don't know. I am only aware of and that all that's been documented that i saw online was they reshot the uh intro sequence because gotcha. they were like it was uh it was John Hader's hands. And the Fox people were like, this is ugly hands. Can we get a hand model? Okay. And reshoot Uh, that. Uh, That
0: thing, though, and though I know it is Wes anderson I don't think Wes Anderson's done that exact idea, which I also immediately, I mean, it's whatever, but I immediately remember thinking, that's cool. That's a cool idea. I wish I thought of that which if people forget is just like cafeteria food being handed top down shot. And the cafeteria food is the credits and like various props. Like it evolves to he's putting on chapstick and the chapstick has a credit on it. I enjoyed that technique. I thought that was cool at the time. And I still am charmed by it today.
1: Yeah, it's fine. It's a title sequence.
0: Yeah, I know. I know Abe is more like, yeah, movie's fine. What'd you think of Rex the Karate Dude? Because I've loved Diedrich Bader ever since, uh, you know, Drew he's Carey so show. Yeah, I thought he slayed. <laughs> he, nails
2: mean, he's he nails everything. He's funny as Jeff in the Beverly Hillbillies. I, I have not seen that. At I'll the be same honest. time, yeah, <laughs> he's funny. I mean, yeah, and he's oh, he's in Office Space. Come on, yeah, yeah of Office yeah. Space
1: is like classic. You know, uh, he's been he's. I feel like he's been mostly in TV. Mm -hmm. That's where I remember him. Like He's in Veep. Uh, Yeah. Yes. He's amazing in He's also a
0: lot of voices and stuff. Um, Yeah. What I found really interesting, though, is not only the Wes Anderson connection, but sort of reflecting on where this movie made an impact or didn't. I like I wa- I feel like we've all forgotten Napoleon. Like, when you mention it, people go, oh, yeah, I know that. Um, but it's not like Austin Powers. Even though it hit really big at the time, it does seem to have tailed off. And uh, I wonder if that's just an aspect of mumblecore. It also makes it kind of sweet to me in the manner of something that's not trying to impose. Like, Napoleon Dynamite, to me, feels like an SNL character, but not like the SNL character... That just always says, "I put my hands under my arms and I smell them." You know, like <clears throat> my theory on He's that is—he's not trying is, to stay around forever, and that's good. <laughs> well, neither
2: did John Hader, and I think that has yeah. something to do with it too. Like I think that he Hader did Hader. He got the studio deal, and then was just like, "I made a pretty good amount of money. I'm gonna just kind of exist and raise my family," which is like, like you said, he wasn't. There's not that also that actual SNL machine behind it constantly. Right. No, of course not. Churning Using out.
1: Blades of glory adds. a few years later. Yeah. Like he had a little he had a little bit, but then it seemed like we fell out of love with him.
0: I never know to this level of detail, but I hope it was by choice. Because there are a lot of actors, when you think about it, who make enough money and disappear. It totally happens. They're Like, that's good, or I that's can retire not, now. Like, I won, yeah. I won the thing, yeah. I have a comfortable life, right? Yeah. yeah, as long
2: as you're not buying Ferraris and doing stupid shit, like if that you gonna last actual yeah. studio deal, like that, where you're like, hey, you get to kind of make a movie here and there that you want to make, but then we're gonna put you in tights a lot for <laughs> ours, and then, yeah, you know, and you come from. BYU. a few movies
1: for a few million dollars and then you're like that'll, that'll be fine and then there's yeah, like invest a it will.
2: The, back then there was like a residual there was you know they took care of people <laughs> those deals <laughs> took care of people and then so I'm sure he's like yeah you know I made this little nest egg and then I get like random mailbox money for the rest of my life and you're like that's I, I hope know. yeah
0: hopefully they've reset some of that shit uh, cause as we tape this what two days ago, or yesterday they resolved it. So, I still haven't investigated enough to know what is in there at a detail level, so let's move on. And I really wanna move us on to Pedro, because Pedro, this watch, was my most consistent source of laughs. And I will say that I can, like on our Monday Movie Night stream, we did Beavis and Butthead, ruin the universe, or whatever the fuck it's called, do the universe, and... Uh, I can't believe how many decades I've been laughing at just the sound of that laugh. <laughs> like it's, it's crazy that it still works. It's, it's, and there's so rare those things in comedy that are such a funny delivery that it still works. And I think Pedro reaches those heights in this uh, several times. Like uh, how long did it take you to grow that mustache? Couple of days. (laughs) Like, so good. And I know it's scripted to lean into the deadpan performance, but he truly nails it. When he does the half smile, you feel so rewarded. Like, oh, the guy who experiences no emotion is finally uh, slightly happy. Um, Yeah, I just feel like we're not giving him enough flowers. Usually we analyze more on this show, but I don't know what to analyze. I'm just like,
2: well, I think it's a testament to Pedro that he was like, more of a Halloween costume than Napoleon was and still is. That's true. That shirt. That shirt. Meaning
0: like easy to code as.
2: Well, just, I mean, as a testament to an all time character. Yeah. It's like, I still see people dressed as Pedro more than Napoleon. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, totally. I think that's a testament to being like, that's, he is, everyone knows that. And a lot of it is vote for Pedro, the shirt. But
0: yeah, the vote for Pedro shirt owned and wore for those few weeks where I was infatuated with this movie. And it's funny now that Billy mentioned it. I think uh, Team America did knock it off my obsession list. Like that was the thing after that that I was into. It's uh, it's fun when we have a year, even with like two or three truly good comedies. That's rare. It is worth noting
1: when there's like I a mean, good it's super rare now because yeah. they don't make a ton of comedies. No, no. Uh, but yeah, in 2004, that was like the height of comedy. I mean, for all the things that we say about him, and I'll say plenty mm-hmm. about Judd Apatow, he did create like kind of a comedy renaissance in the 2000s. Not just because his movies were, you know, you think what you want about his movies. But it opened but the
2: door for others. It
1: opened the doors for like a lot of, studios being like what's the next comedy who's the next funny man i would argue
2: that it was adam mckay and will ferrell's success did probably did that more than than apatow that opened it up to apatow doing like a his version of that
1: yeah no that's fair plus there was the internet i think the internet did a lot of things in terms of like putting internet comedians on the map and stuff
0: Well, yeah, I mentioned Pen15, which for my money is the best use of like the Clifford thing where kids are playing or adults are playing kids and you just don't care about it. I don't know if people have seen it, but in that the girls are adults and they get crushes on teen boys who are actually played by teen boys. So the constant threat is that they're going to kiss and you really like don't want that to happen. It's like a (laughs) meta drama. Um, reminds me of also Arrested Development. They had the idea of casting Jason Bateman's sister, Justine, as a love interest for him.
2: Right. And like
1: pushing it as far as they could. <laughs>
0: I love shit like that. Incest is funny to me, <laughs> I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah. That needs a segue, I think.
0: Yeah, segue. Uh, segue. And here on. And I here's you.
1: your segue. One thing I noticed about this movie this time is um, different from obviously when I didn't like the movie. And now I kind of like the movie. It's uh like I remember it being super like super inefficient uh, and it caused me not to like the movie. I felt like it was just like look at all these weird people and look how funny and laugh at them and I don't really love that um, and it just didn't have scenes that like push the story but I was wrong about that because while the story's not that complex it does move like super quickly like in the first five minutes we get that he's bullied. We get we have fully formed, like, that he wants to be perceived as awesome, but he is fighting against, you know, the concept that he's not. And he has his to lie family. about it,
0: like the Rushmore kid, actually, which just occurs to me. is He yeah.
1: learned that from his family? Like, they're all that way? Like, we learn all these details in tiny little snippets, and we get, like, Pedro's arrival in, like, the first, like, seven minutes, if you don't count the opening credits. And it's just, like, damn. That's a lot in like five to seven minutes. You know, you really set it up and you know, and you also at the same time know how Napoleon's going to be funny. You got tons of performance right. from John Hader. So,
0: well, also, it does sort of, I, I mean, I think it's what gives it its episodic feel is it does meander ever. Like the bit that really stood out to me, and I know the yeah. movie's already short, was like, I felt this as a young man. And I feel it now you don't need that time travel bit. It is helpful in illuminating Rico's character, but I don't know. It just felt like throwing an SNL character into various bits. And the time travel one was the weakest one. So it's like, I, it does meander, but it meanders because it's so efficient that it's like, now we've bought some times. Now the character can just be on display. Like, you know, Oh, by the way, I wanted to ask Billy Wayne or Abe, if you know this, is drinking an egg in a orange juice real? Is that anything?
2: No, I think that's just it's like a sight gag more than anything. It's like and to also- show
0: that that guy is legit, <laughs> grow a, a lunatic. Okay, lunatic.
2: Yeah, no, it's a lunacy <laughs> where you're just like, I don't. I think you're more passion and delusion now than anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do the
0: chickens have large talons? What large talons? Really reminded me of, you ate sand. I ate
2: sand. It's, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is. He was, yeah. Just What's amazing.
0: the, did you do any farm work or like rural man work, Billy? Because I have a good one.
1: Rural man.
2: Oh, rural my, man I, my grandpa owned a cattle farm, so yes.
0: Oh, okay. Yes. Well, I, what,
2: what'd what you get up to? Just you, all the cattle farm, all of it. Yeah? I fed cows. Inseminating I, the cows? I fed cows. Shove leaf. your hand up there? <laughs> I have done that. Um, nice not i've not put my hand in there but i've been around when that's happening oh okay i've seen horses do some terrible things um (laughs) and then (laughs) there's just a lot of i lived in a rural ag community you know like not not super like insane rural but it it was like agriculture was like the main industry kind of thing and that's like so, so as but, I say,
0: I lived in an area where agriculture was the main industry in high school, and my best friend in high school, his summer job, was standing at the end of a line of cattle and hitting them in the head with a sledgehammer as they came down the line to kill them.
2: And he'd do that's like an interesting a way way yeah. to do that because you I think know, it I, was
0: illegal. I don't like it's just I, a family farm, and that's just what he did. I think you're supposed to electrocute him or something, right? I don't. I don't I'm, think electric. Yet. No, I think you just, shoot a em. machine
2: does it. Yeah, there's yes. like a machine. Oh yeah, well, the Anton
0: Sugar thing. Of course, there. we've seen this.
2: Well, there's also like No Country for Old Men. It's like, like that's yeah. part of what that device was. Right. It's like it's like this kind of efficient way to do that. Well, it's kind of humane and. Certainly yeah. not hitting them with a goddamn sledgehammer.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like You have to be strong
2: and like you're a not strong the man same. Mentally and physically, that's you have true. to be yeah, yeah. very <laughs> strong to do that. God.
0: All right, I've taken us too far away from the movie, so to get back to it, I also want to I'm point horrified. out- I'm horrified.
2: That is rough. I'm, I mean, this, I have a, a mm-hmm. hat that is like a- I wear a hat all the time that's from the slaughterhouse that's family slaughterhouse we took our cows to. And if I told them that story, they'd be like, no, that is. That's not right. Yeah, that's not the
0: right way. I figured even as a high schooler, I was like, I'm sure that's not how you do that. Um, Which is why I think the story stood out. But I just wanted to say, I wonder slash assume that it's the MTV money or happened once MTV got involved. but. Uh, you know, Abe and I, as regular listeners were, will know, are working on an indie movie with roughly a budget in this ballpark. And I was so jealous of the songs they got. Like, there's good tracks throughout the movie. And I wonder right. if that was true when they screened it at Sundance or if that's all gravy, like MTV gravy, you know? Nah,
2: yeah, I know the, the answer to this one. Oh, it, please. Is, yeah. MTV came back. There was like, and they they did that for... I know the story of several movies that they kind of did that with where they were just like, you know, it sounds like it sound, and then they when they bought it, they're like, hey, now that we have a budget, could we get this? It was just like, the, some of it was the creators and then some of it was like MTV being like, you know, what about this song? Because yeah. they like to promote shit. And right, which like, is interesting to me nice.
0: um, because something I think a lot of people who just watch movies and don't make them don't know. Or like when we've been talking about our movie, Papa Bear, when I talk about it with people, a lot of people have the assumption and concern where they're like, but if you screen it at Sundance, then you never get to like it will never come out in the theaters, right? Because you burned it, like you've shown it, it's over now, and uh, that's not how it works. You can edit it again and and then release it again. It's just whatever deal you can get, right? But I know Foot a lot fist of folks think that like that's endings. that. The Foot Fist Way that has
2: two different endings. And they took that. Yeah, that's it how, does. Like, that's how that got like. A lot of stuff is they took it to Sundance. Yeah. And the ending that they didn't use is plenty.
1: (laughs) I don't even think I've seen that ending,
2: but I have read that. No, I've only seen
0: the recut or like the the standard um, version that was released. Yeah.
2: It is. So the deal. You guys should go watch it right now. Is it online? Is
1: it on YouTube? I don't know know? how.
2: Maybe I have the DVD and it had both cuts. Okay. Because I had like an early version because yeah. i was you know the hit. deal with someone, uh um, someone was just like you're southern you're gonna love this and i was like <laughs> we'll i was like we'll see and then i watched it and i was like you are right this is amazing this is
1: we're talking about the movie the movie's music mm-hmm. um something that i thought was interesting is there uh hess is talking about the dance scene right yeah and like weird combination of details for the story at the uh, for the end is that they wrote this climactic dance scene uh and you know they knew that uh Heder is pretty good at dancing which he is obviously um but they it was the last thing that they filmed and they had a, and this was before like fox is even in the picture so they're just hopeful that they can get like the rights to a song that is good um for this sequence because they knew it was like a make or break kind of deal which is a lot of you know like you're trying to get like jamiroquai like the height of jamiroquai kind of thing like it's not going to be a a, it's not going to be cheap so you're going to hope that distribution kind of helps out with that and get some post funds from something but at that point they were running literally out of film to shoot on (laughs) So they had 10 minutes of film left. Jesus. Whoa. That's awesome. And, wow. And so they show they shot like three takes of three different songs, one take per each song. Oh. So they danced, so he danced to like a similar like a rhythm, I'm sure they're smart and they picked a same BPM, like a similar BPM yeah. kind of thing. But he danced to three different songs and they just cut it together. Uh one of them was like a Michael Jackson song. Uh, some of them, and I think two of them are Jamirqua, and the like the last one that they did was the actual song that they got. Um, yeah, uh, and and then he says he's like, I think that was half our budget, which that wow. can't be true. That can't be true, no, but it's not,
0: no, it's not that much,
1: no, no. but like it's, and if you already spent all of your budget, you know, like, right, right. What do you, what do you mean maybe half of their post
0: budget i don't know you know i I think yeah or
1: something like i think it was half the budget that they got like from like uh, maybe it was half the music budget yeah or did they mean like it
2: was like they had their budget to make the film and then when they got that money later it was half of
1: that kind of thing no
2: it was like to pay for that song was half their original budget
1: Oh, yeah, that's probably right. It could mean any of these things. It could mean any of these things. Because that's kind uh, of funny where they're like,
2: yeah, this one fucking song was like, we could have, we made half our film (laughs)
0: for Well, everyone remembers that scene, which actually stuck in my mind as the end. Like, I really thought it would, like, everyone applauded and it cut to credits. Um, I do think it's interesting that, like, this time I really noticed... um, how unrealistic it feels, unfortunately, that the dance actually impresses everyone and it makes the ponytail girl happy and the school goes ape shit. like it almost feels like a hallucination of Napoleon's, yeah. like that's not how that would go no matter how well he dances, I don't think. Um, yeah. <laughs> based on his cred thus far, <laughs> and then, so, but I do love that that's it. I would have almost loved cutting out not being aware whether it's his hallucination or not. But I guess I'm a weirdo. Um, because they do the denouement where they wrap everything up. And the only, the only one I want to draw attention to before we leave the ending is uh, what? D- how'd you guys interpret Rico's ending? That a woman comes by on a bike and gets off. Did you interpret that as he's had a girlfriend for a bit and that's his girlfriend? Or did a woman just appear for no reason and, like, enter his life? Like, is that, like, a comical
2: break of reality? My thought always was, like, he's just, like, uh, he's he's that dirtbag that's always just kind of get laid no matter what because... You know, oh, that wasn't
0: his soulmate in your mind. That's no, just some lady. Okay. I
2: just think he's just, he. <clears throat> I mean, and that's kind of how he exists is in this delusional way where it's like, even when it's like so close to everything, like him having kind of epiphany about everything, then there's just like something, some bullshit comes along where he's like, well, I could get some push right now, you know? like, yeah. And then it's like, <laughs> he just keeps that being like, I I don't have to really straighten up or, like, do anything or come to terms with anything, because...
1: Even though I'm kind of a monster yeah. to people? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's he silly. gets his ass kicked, but, like, it's not a lot, you know? <laughs> he still gets a happy ending. I ain't I guess dead it's a comedy, shit, but... man. I
2: ain't not too many people, man. Look, this bike lady wants to do yeah. some relations like man we'll just go out to the desert and we'll throw football and stuff
1: it's like um i like the interpretation that like you were saying mike like napoleon dances and he dances his heart out but it's not very good and everyone and like he he bottles it up and he and all the of, of the rest of the movie everyone. is just yeah. yeah it's just his pipe dream as he is in the corner. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. Well, that's <laughs> crying what I mean because...
0: The ending is so, it's either that or they're like, it's a comedy who gives a fuck because it's like the grandma, you know, everyone gets like the ultimate thing. Pedro wins the election, which seems unbelievable to me. And then I thought it was mm-hmm. that Rico gets a soulmate that just drops from heaven for no reason as like a bit. I think
1: that's because he does reference that he has that soulmate. And I think the idea is that he's supposed in to be in this reality, she returns, he won state. Yeah. Uh, but that feels like random and unearned. Also, like Napoleon and Deb, I mean, them reconciling isn't that bad. It takes one phone conversation. to Be like, Rico is the reason that you think that I'm a piece of shit. I didn't do any of that. Yeah. Um, but like, that's it's very like cute. It's very twee. They play tetherball and High five now they're at happy. The end, yeah. And then the post credit scene is Kip and LaFonda getting married, and he arrives on a horse, and that just is like, of his skill set. Like dancing is the one that we were like. Oh, okay. He's got he like he's practiced dance. That's a skill that we can go of all the skills that Napoleon lies about. That's the one that I'm like, like yeah, why that didn't makes he tell sense. Anyone that he but like is taming a, a yeah. wild stallion for a wedding, and that's why he's late. Like he just did it, and he doesn't mention shit, it. Yeah, I don't know enough about horses, but I feel like that takes like weeks. <laughs> you know, like. He doesn't just tame a wild horse, or is he just lying again? Like, so I don't know, man. I guess we're just supposed to enjoy the magical. Well, sounds like Billy
0: would know he's seen horses do terrible things. Yeah, it it all
2: depends on the kind of horse and (laughs) kind of like uh, who the dude is. But this
0: guy doesn't know shit He's
1: bullshitting You can tell no yeah, He's never tamed a horse in his life I, What do you it, mean like
2: break a horse? Yeah Because that's, that's you what you call it spirit? If you want to break No you break That's what they call breaking a horse is you ride it or you tame it. It is like, hey, now you can ride this horse. And there's some dudes that are really fucking good at it for some whatever reason. So that's what that is. So it is believable. It's not because none of it's believable that Kip is doing the thing and does the thing. Like none of Kip's is ever believable. Kip is like a very Oh, well, also
0: La Fonda, you're like- he got her. I don't know. They, nice. loved each other. Yeah, they no, they did. But I'm just saying, I, th- I guess the whole movie is about unlikely friendships and unlikely connections. Um, but when she gets off that bus, I'm like, she's a fucking stunner. That is not what I afe- expected, which of course is the point, right? To surprise. Well, um, I think that's
2: it, why they put the horse thing at the end. Yeah. It's because they're just like, nah, this doesn't go anywhere. And we have three minutes left <laughs> yeah, of that just exactly. They just ah, fuck three it. minutes so I do
0: wonder if a B-plot where a, like, effeminate-coated white guy gets hard by the end and has, like, cornrows would go over today. Uh, but it works in this. And it is it does seem to come from a positive, loving place where you're like, they're cute together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, they're all eyebrows all the time. I think I, that's I,
0: really what Mumblecore... When Mumblecore and I'm not saying this really is, it's not like textbook mumblecore. Um, But when mumblecore does work for me, it's when it's like, it's the equivalent of someone saying, I know this isn't a big deal and it's just a little detail, but it means something to me. And then when mumblecore doesn't work for me, it's nihilist or it's like someone just trying to (laughs) be a sad sack with mumblecore. But mumblecore comedy always gets me. I really think it works.
2: Well, if, well, well, anything when it's not, like, there, is a, there are genuine personalities, like, that exist in that mumblecore world. And then right. I think I'm with you. Anyone that you're just like, this, you're not, this is, you're not doing this. This is not who you are. This is not, like, because, like, my, I like genuine weirdos. And one of my pet peeves in life are people that are clearly being weird on purpose. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. just well, and then a, yeah, it, that feels like it's like a it's annoying.
0: Interesting to it. me that Tim and Eric, then you know, of course, being like kind of the inheritors or a beat in this progression of this branch of comedy, I, it would always bothered me on their show that they seemed to bring in like people that they found on the street and or people with actual mental health issues, and they would use them in sketches. And then uh, I read about it and they're like, yeah, but we give them, like they get a bunch of money from doing it is the, and I'm not trying to get controversial or, but I was always just like on the fence about that. Like, I don't know if that's okay, but it's interesting that it evolved from people doing weird characters to sort of represent weirdos that they knew at home to like, let's just pay those weirdos to get on camera and be weird.
1: I mean pain weird is is a like that's been around it's since a proud tradition. Times. Right. Yeah,
0: I mean yeah, freak shows, sideshows were a thing, right?
2: Right. Yeah, I was gonna say like the Hall of Venice Beach was that for a while before right. there was any of the media <laughs> and stuff. It was and it is like that's Howard Stern. That's yeah, his yeah whole, exactly. His, his whole thing. That was his bit. The gong, the gong show. Oh, I
0: know. And I guess I'm just saying I don't know that I like
1: that bit. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know yeah, if I'm right
0: about that. But it always made me uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, it's
1: easy to laugh at people who have delusions right. of grandeur. Because that's like a... Like, that is a real problem. <laughs> but, like, yeah. we can laugh at that because it kind of comes with it its own brand of arrogance, you know? Right. And we can, like justify laughing at it by saying like that's they're just an asshole who thinks that yeah but i guess Uh, i just
0: think napoleon really nails something that a lot of mumblecore doesn't nail which is the genuine heart and little moments that are not even comedy but are astute observation like i guess it's technically a joke but when he finds a sigh at the thrift store it reminded but, me of times, it genuinely reminded me of finding a cool thing at a thrift store. Like, I, you know, my brother and yeah. I did shit like that, like, find shotgun shell casings at the thrift store and we're like i wonder if they'll let us buy these and of course they will because at this point it's just a little metal tube but you're like we have bullets like look i'm holding a bullet Um, oh yeah just yeah Yeah. there's actual good childhood shit in here that i had forgotten
1: yeah he does feel i could have got you shotgun shells if you needed them (laughs) you got a guy
0: mike yeah i just yeah yeah, i've got a yeah
1: i need shotgun shells shells and a
0: ball peen hammer. Okay, well, and Abe, don't. I need Abe to come visit. No
1: questions, <laughs> yeah. no questions. Well, now you know how the, yeah, oh, yeah, Now you now need you've to seen press the curtain peel back and one and one, <laughs> and then, and just not, hover.
2: And then not, oh, hit, not hit send. Okay, not hit send until you just, <laughs> just be ready, just time it when you hit the ball peen hammer. We're doing a chainy bit, <laughs> yeah, sense. it's really
0: timely. Yeah. The yeah, uh, also that. the zoom, the only zoom pump in the whole movie, or one of the very few because it's mostly static shots the bike jump. Just you know exactly what's going to happen, and it still makes me laugh.
1: That's one of the things I think that, like, when we talk about the legacy of this film and we talk about, like, why isn't it talked about as much as some of the other ones, and like, is it still good? I think. It, like, it jumped, started a bunch of, like, clones. Like, there was a movement of this film. Like, they weren't exactly the same. But, like, the doing the jump, like, shot exactly like the tone is exactly like Hot Rod. You know, like... Or even Owl My so, Balls,
0: that web series, if you recall. They'd always
1: <laughs> do a zoom pump on the ball hit. Oh, I thought that that was idiocracy. But um, just the idea of doing this, like like... You know, cute, heartwarming, heartfelt um, kind of children playing at being an adult, Mm -hmm. you know, like that became like a trend, I think. And I think that that is what really has maybe because of that. The fact that that happened and we didn't have a bunch of like Will Ferrell clones popping around is one of the reasons that like it kind of makes a lot of noise in terms of Napoleon Dynamite's um, legacy. But I don't know. That's just me. I'm just But it's definitely, yeah, how.
0: that's what I mean, is it's not like just observing weirdos. It's on the side of the weirdos. It loves the weirdos. Totally. And that's when I totally. think movies like that work. Um, you know, the opening line, I never, of course, as a kid thought of it as meaningful because I didn't think about screenplays as screenplays. But the first line is, what are you going to do today, Napoleon? Whatever I feel like. <laughs> and, like, that's... Right? That's a weirdo, that's and that's something we admire, weird. is to be that young and already comfortable with yourself and not give a fuck. Although whatever he wants to be like, beat up gosh. less, but... Yeah, whatever I feel like, gosh. <laughs> uh, also, I actually think they have astute the observations of the popular kids. Like, to me, the speech, who wants to eat chimichangas next year, not me, if I'm president, it'll be summer all year long. That is a p- pitch-perfect like speech that the girl who does win president would you <laughs> <laughs> I, i'll
1: yeah although i i i immediately thought that i was throwing shade at pedro well chimichangas are
0: delicious also who does not and like they're a p-
1: staple of their staple of uh you know most american yeah uh most american school lunches but like i felt like that was like there for her opponent you know mm-hmm. but just to show how mean she is uh but yeah, I do. It'll be summer all year is pretty good line. For real.
0: Oh, I see. You're right. She's threatening that if you elect Pedro, he'll make you eat chimichangas. Yeah, She's a bigger like... bitch than I even realized. Okay, For real. Yeah, for real. Yeah.
2: Uh, hell yeah. Well, that's the well, that's I... some just good small town rural idiot racism, too. Yeah. Where you're just like. Exactly. Okay. You're wrong. Oh, though. yeah. It's like, hey, those are actually delicious. It's like that <laughs> You're objectively
0: in, wrong, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's like you're objectively wrong about all this stuff. It's like that scene in Talladega Nights. He's like, is it just, right, a, uh, is it just a thin pancake? You're like, oh, I love them. You're like, well, just yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, say it. Uh-uh, no. Nuh-uh. Break it, Frenchie. <laughs> and you're just like, that is, that is the essence. Like, that, as someone that grew up not liking not any rednecks, down. that is the essence of the redneck, that scene. I remember watching that and being like, Ugh. That is, they've nailed it. That is it.
1: It's the chosen ignorance, you know, of like yeah. it being
2: explained to you and you agreeing, and then still being like, "Nope, fuck you." And you're like, that's it Yeah, <laughs> that is it.
0: It's just not how I was raised.
1: Fuck off. That's the brain. That's the ba- brain part. Yep. Um, yeah. I, okay, I gotta.
0: I'm sorry to use you this way, Billy, but you mentioned your ag knowledge. I gotta ask also. Is, judging, is drinking milk and then judging it a real ag thing or fair thing that you've ever encountered?
2: I, I mean, I wasn't in the dairy. We didn't do dairy stuff. Okay. So that would be more of a Wisconsin person question. So I it was one of those things where I felt like this is an exaggeration, but I'm also not familiar enough. It might with, be. Right, with right dairy stuff to be like, I don't know, some people can do this, so it may be a thing. And I I, I mean, there is like a, you know, the way they judge horses and the way they judge cows is all, it's different by the breed and the type and all that. So, and it is oddly specific and what they look for is.
0: But not impossible. Well, it it, is,
2: it's cultural. I do believe it's impossible
0: that they would put bleach in it. He drinks one and identifies that the defect is that they put some bleach in it.
1: Yeah, the, uh, the second one is crazier to me that he it was raised near a un- onion oh, patch. Oh yeah, this milk that's is even more this subtle Milk is from
0: a cow that got into an onion patch. <sighs> <sighs> Amazing.
2: I think maybe that's an exaggeration of like, you know, yes, wine people. But I mean, also, right. I have a yeah, cannabis podcast prisoners. that I do with a grower, and listening to growers talk about cannabis. It gets kind of that ridiculous, and but they do know what they're talking about. It yeah. is kind of wild that they can, and then science will back them up. So the thing is, just uh, just hit me up on Instagram or Twitter <laughs> if you guys know. I am now. I'm very curious if it is a real thing because yeah. it, it just sounds like some Wisconsin 4-H shit. But right, I don't right, King Remember. of the Hill
0: did a late season episode where Bobby grades meat, and I assume that that's real. That is f- real. Of yeah. real, of course.
2: That's yes. real. So the quote,
0: but I just want the milk one. Seems like maybe they did something adjacent for comedic effect, but I don't know. If you're out there judging milk, please let us know.
1: We had a garlic festival where I I've been grew to up. the Gilroy a Garlic Gilroy... Festival. Yeah, yeah. The
0: garlic ice cream yeah. is good, yeah.
1: Yeah. and there's there's garlic like everything. Basically, everything. contests yeah. the of best ta- it, all kinds.
2: Best tacos I've ever had were in Gilroy, California.
1: Mm. I mean that the stench of garlic wafts all the way down to the like to the freeway. Like the you
0: drive, there. you're driving yeah. by the town and you smell garlic. Yeah,
1: it's so delightful. It's great, and then you get tired of it, and then it's gone. <laughs> and it's like yeah. the perfect amount of time. You just have like a weekend and a half of garlic deliciousness constantly. Anyway, it is <laughs> anyway. Nice.
2: Just a nice little place right there. You got to cut through to go to Santa Cruz. Yeah, that's right. This is the
1: worst
0: video ever made. Napoleon, like anyone could even know that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like anyone, there's some there's some bangers for sure. Incredible Uh, lines. Did you draw her a picture? Heck, yes, I did. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, Pedro getting super, super hot and having to go lie down is awesome to me.
1: Yeah, he. I like that he put the detail in that he drank uh, some cold water, but it did not help. Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i just like him going through the process of like i tried this it didn't work i tried this it didn't work
2: i did i thought a liger was something that he made up as a goofball and then Mm. i've played i've played with one i've actually played with one like a zorse is a thing right a
1: horse horse zebra
2: yeah horse zebra is a thing yeah the others are i I think that sort of things they probably looked up and were like this sounds like It was, I just think that's like, those are thought out jokes. Yeah. Where they're like, people are going to look this up one day and be like, holy shit, this is real. Because like at the time the internet wasn't huge. It was still getting, it was still getting ramping up.
0: It's still ramping up as far as I'm concerned. We'll get, it'll get good soon. I
2: I hope you're right. I hope it's. Yeah.
0: Uh, I'm not going to read all the quotes I wrote down, but I did, I do notice as I'm reading them back in my notes. Um, and if you know me, this is high praise for me. It kind of reads like Chris Onstad dialogue. Who's the guy that did Akewood, Akewood? which is like to me, some of the best dialogue writing ever. Um, well, I'm mainly thinking of the Rico one, Kip, you know, about cyberspace, you ever come across anything like time travel? Easy. I'm looking into it for myself. Right on, right on. Like that totally sounds like Ray Schmuckles talking to Live or something.
1: That's true. It's like so confident. Right and on, right on. Yeah. yeah. Like I know exactly what this motherfucker's talking mm-hmm. about. Oh, yeah, and I, I noticed for shit. the first time
0: this time that when they test the time machine and this is the one that I did like. It's already set for 1982, which was the year that he said he could throw a pigskin a quarter mile, <laughs> or like, you know, four <laughs> scenes ago. So he clearly used it.
1: Uh, are are they still letting you run for president? Yes, I don't understand. They say you're not allowed to have piñatas that look like real people, but in Mexico we do it all the time. True. <laughs> yeah. Their effigies like... are a popular kind of piñata, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I just like that little bit of, like, it's, everything is matter of fact with, you know, I, yeah. I, I love how Pedro is just like, how long did it take you to grow that mustache? A couple of days. Yeah, like, it's just, true. he's just straightforward answers, honesty, it's beautiful. Mm. It's like, why you love these two, is just that they, they're not trying to hide anything from any of them. They're
2: zen. They're in them, they're truly, yeah, mind, exactly. they're mindful people, is what it is. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
1: I love that's that. That's true. Yeah, I love he's, that so yeah much.
0: Napoleon's present all the time. Yes, that's interesting. Super present
1: and super genuine and kind. Like he's a kind person. Mm-hmm. Like people, it's like a meme now with like you know you know you don't have to drink you know one uh, percent milk. You could drink whole milk if you wanted. As a like a pickup but line is bad. like one of the cute. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like one of the cutest things in the world. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I wrote in all caps, it just wins on tone so hard that you overlook some of the filmmaking being what I would call just extremely simple and straightforward, which is not bad at all. Like Apatow's even more, like he just does over-the-shoulder coverage, which actually does great on me eventually, whereas this like low-key Wes Anderson style, it doesn't get in the way. It's fine. It's pleasant, and then the tone of everything is just wins me over. And yes. actually, as as we've been talking, I realize Wayne's World kind of has faded away. It's I don't. No one ever talks about Wayne's World anymore, and it's good.
1: I mean, comedy changes so fast that it's hard to say. But yes, it's still considered. But people a are classic. still
0: very aware of Borat and Austin Powers. I mean, like
1: no one talks about like the jerk or something like that. But like it's still considered in on lists on the internet. You know, as like yeah. top. Comedies of all time.
2: I think it's overlooked. Wayne's World's overlooked just for joke per minute yes. ratio. Yes, yeah. right. That's yeah. fucking incredible how many jokes yeah. are in right. there. Any Mike Myers movie is going to have a bazillion jokes in it.
0: I kind of liked his Pentament or whatever, the Pentavert thing he just did where he's every character and it's oh, old man Mike never Myers. Seen it's not oh. it has moments. It oh, has moments.
2: How I Married an Axe Murder is underrated. Ooh. Masterpiece. Is- just in, like the just him being an old Scottish man, I could watch for years, yeah, just not days, oh not God. months, years. It he makes me laugh so hard doing that. Got so. its own
1: weather system, <laughs> you know, all that shit.
0: Well, speaking of you know, a pitch perfect tone and uh, incredibly insightful observations, fastened, uh, fashioned into stellar jokes that will swell your heart and make you split your sides. Uh, we're about out of time. So Billy Wayne, where can people find you, follow you, imbibe your comedy and, uh, stay abreast of what you're up
2: to. If you Google Billy Wayne Davis, all that stuff will come up. I have a couple specials on YouTube that are available to watch for free. One's called Testify. The other one is called Billy Wayne Davis Live at Third Man Records. I suggest you watch both of them. They're fantastic. Testify
0: is hilarious. I have not seen the second one. I didn't know it existed.
2: It's Yes, that's the one before. It's the one before Testify. So, yeah, I did it at Jack White's... uh, Third man records in nashville we recorded it live to vinyl and then i was just sharp enough it was before youtube was a really huge blowing up comedy specials but i was like we should film this just to be safe and then it's got this real it's got a great steady shot and then i got my talented buddy seth pomeroy to drink a little bit and smoke a little weed and just rove around (laughs) it's so it's got like The cuts are great because it is like someone that's kind of watching the show too. So it's really fun. We did that on accident. Uh, And then, yeah, and then I've got, if any of your listeners live in Humboldt, October 1st, which is Sunday, October 1st, I'll be in Redway, California, raising a ruckus about stopping this measure that these two dingbats are trying to push through that would destroy all the small cannabis growers that have some of the best genetics in the world. Well, Abe and, and I
0: will be there because we are those dingbats. And, well, you know, we'll have our
2: opposing picket line. I will, I would love, God, that would be fantastic <laughs> if the two dingbats show up because it's just me and Frank Castillo who won Roast Battle and then uh, a couple other comedians. So if those people would show up, oh, that would be fantastic like we won't have to go find no. them it would be fantastic
0: there you go so. <laughs> bring them to you so yes as our guests are saying more and more maybe we should just say that just google the name <laughs> that's what google's for it works real well uh billy we have Wayne all Davis. that stuff yeah.
2: just google it right thank there. you yeah. so
0: so much for taking the time joining us talking about napoleon dynamite and thanks to jeff just jeff uh, our patron who picked the flick which you can do if you patronize us at that level over at patreon.com slash small beans otherwise just stay tuned to the free feed for more frame rates